Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I'm here today with Chelsea B. Foster. Chelsea is a workflow and productivity specialist, educator, coach, wife, dog mom, and traveler. She provides a unique perspective to the entrepreneurial world by advocating for no one right solution for all businesses. Every business is unique, so the way they run and the tools they use should also be unique. She has helped transform the businesses and lives of overwhelmed and exhausted by all creative business owners by guiding them in creating organized specific workflows that are not only simple but easy to use and by assisting them in selecting tools that work for their business and their personal learning and organizational style. This has allowed them to become the experts so that they can run their businesses and live their dream lives on their own terms. So I'm so excited to have Chelsea here today to talk all about how to burn out proof your biz. So let's dive right in. Hey Chelsea, welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here and I cannot wait to chat more about how to burn out proof your biz as a solopreneur. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. Yeah, so I'm Chelsea Foster, and I run Chelsea B. Foster, which is a company that specializes in coaching for creative entrepreneurs that are stressed out, overwhelmed, and generally just want to run their businesses smarter. Um, I love helping you with the tech side and also with the mindset side, so working on making sure that you know exactly why you're doing things, why you're picking certain tech tools, and that you're choosing the most efficient way to do things because that's the right way to do it, not just because everyone else is saying you should be doing it this way. Um, and so I actually started this whole journey a long time ago. I, when I went to school, I was actually studying education and I taught high school for a couple years back in Missouri. My husband started a tech company and so we moved to California and my teaching certificate didn't transfer. Mm-hmm. So short version is I explored for about five years to try and figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I eventually started a graphic design business where I designed wedding invitations primarily um, and learned that that wasn't exactly a good fit for me. Like I was great at it. I enjoyed working with my clients. My clients were amazing. They were like some of them I still talk to, which is so fun. Um, But I found myself helping my biz besties with their businesses more and more And finally, I had this light bulb moment that I could do this as a job. Like this could be full time for me. Like this is what I could get paid to do and just talk to people about their businesses, help them figure out more efficient ways to run it, help them learn the tech side so that they feel confident using all of these tech tools that are meant to help simplify our life, but sometimes don't do that immediately because it is a tech tool and tech is confusing sometimes. So that's kind of how I got started doing this. And over the last year, I have grown it, and um, I've launched a membership course um, and a, an academy mastermind, which is actually just wrapping up, and I'm super excited about that. Um, so yeah, just 
Focusing on the education piece, I really want everyone to truly know that they are capable, that they can handle the tech tools, that they can run their business the way that they want to run it, and they don't have to listen to anyone else if they really don't want to. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I feel like as solo entrepreneurs, we are pulled in so many different directions. Like, oh, I heard on this podcast that I need to do this. And I heard on this, you know, live stream that I need to do that. And they're like, they get in that paralysis that they're like, I don't know what my next step is. So really like having someone that can help them simplify and streamline everything is so crucial because a lot of people just get stuck and they're like, I don't know what to do next. And then that really, you know, kind of makes their business plateau essentially because they're just like, what's my next step? And just, you know, you're being pulled in so many different directions. You don't have, you know, like a team, like normal, like, you know, a huge business would. So you're just kind of trapped. So that's, yeah, I think that's really important. And it's a really big need in the entrepreneur community for sure. Absolutely. And we all have squirrel brain and shiny object syndrome. Like we all get caught up in that. And so like being able to really focus and know this is the direction I need to go because this is right for me. Not because everyone else is doing this. Like who cares about FOMO? Like I don't need to follow everyone else. Mm -hmm. It's okay to do my own thing and run my business the way that I want to run it. Exactly. It's like, as long as it works for you, then, you know, stick with it. And there's so many new tools and stuff out there and everyone's like, Ooh, I want to move to this tool. But it's like, if the tool you're on currently is serving you well, why would you waste like, exactly hours of your life setting up and learning the new system and I've done that so many times too. I'm so guilty like I'll see a new project management tool and I'm like ooh, let me go try that you know but it's just one of those things like if it isn't broke don't fix it because you know you're not getting paid to move to a project management tool unless you are a project manager or an OBM or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, don't waste your time. If you're really, your current tool is working, even though it may look appealing. And I definitely have been guilty of that. Um, I'm actually moving right now, but, um, it's actually warranted because I was, I'm on a sauna right now and I'm moving to click up, but my business is becoming more of an agency style. So I need mm -hmm. to assign to multiple users and all these different things. So, um, it's just, it's a better fit, but you know, if I was staying as a solo business owner, Asana would be perfectly fine for me. So it's just like, you know, do listen to people when you need to, but don't see every new shiny tool and then try to switch to it because you're just going to end up wasting your time and, you know, essentially not making any more new income because you're so busy focusing on that new tool. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I am glad that you brought up that you're switching tools because I do think there is a time and a place for when you do need to switch, mm -hmm. but really if it is working for you, hold on one second. <coughs> if the tool that you're using is working for you and there aren't any gaps, you should stay where you are. Yeah. Period. If you find that you do, there is a new tool that comes out that fulfills whatever this current tool is doing plus something else that you need to get off your plate too, mm -hmm. then it's okay to switch, which it sounds like that is exactly what you're doing. Yeah. It has yeah. changed and evolved. And so you need a more powerful tool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and it doesn't hurt that if they also have a free version, which is like, well, okay, well, I know I don't ever want to pay for a project management tool unless I have to. So I'm like, well, it has better features and there's a free version. Like I'm sold. 
So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So when it comes to your business, what are some key things that you do to kind of save time and stress for yourself? Yeah. So there are a couple of things. The first is being very cognizant about what I let get on my plate. Um, so making sure that the things that are getting on your plate are important things to you, that they are things that are aligned with your mission and your vision and why you started this business. Um, making sure that your time away from your work is also impactful too. So you're spending your time, your home time on things that are important to you as well. So you don't get bogged down doing things that you don't want to do. So like, if you don't want to go to a party this weekend, like don't go, even if you got invited, it's okay to say no, if you need that time to rest and recharge so that you can be present for all the other things in life and business the next week. Um, so I think really just paying attention to yourself and what you need is very important and making sure that you're honoring that and honoring exactly what you need, whether it is that you need rest or that you need to go hang out with people or that you need to just like go be around people, but in a like um, more public setting so that you can kind of zone out. So like going to the mall and just like walking around, um, whatever it is that you need, like make sure that you're taking time to do that. Um, and then the other thing is making sure that the things that are on your plate, you're doing a good job of either scheduling those out or delegating and automating some things that you either don't like doing or that are not important for you to be involved in the process. And so whenever you find yourself spending a lot of time on a task, really evaluate that task and see, is this something that I have to be spending time on? Could I hire someone? Could I find an app that will do this for me? Could I go ahead and just automate it so that a computer program will do it automatically for me? Uh, one of my favorite things to save time and stress is to set up Zaps within Zapier mm -hmm. to help me automate different pieces of what I call the data shuffle. So like whenever I'm moving data between two different programs, Zapier probably can do that for me automatically without me having to think about it. Um, so those are really the biggest ones. And then also just trying to stay organized and making sure you have a system. No matter what the system is, it can be a messy system, but have a system and use it because a lot of people, and whether you're working with clients or it's behind the scenes things, you're not following the same process every time. And so you get confused on where you are with every piece of the project. Yeah. That causes a lot of stress. That wastes a lot of mental time, a lot of physical, like actual time in the real world, um, trying to figure out what you're doing next, how far you are in this step. And so having a system, and I love that you brought up Asana and ClickUp because they are both amazing tools for helping you get organized um, with your systems and have that process really lined out. And it doesn't mean that it has to be super constrictive, but you do need a at least the high level steps written down. Yeah, for sure. And I totally agree with that. Like, so if you have a blog, you write a blog post every single week, you're probably doing the exact same things every week, just yes. with a different topic. So just write it like, okay, what do you need to do outline the post? You need to create the post, you need to create graphics for it. You need to promote it on social media, like all those things, just make like a list of all those things and put it in your project management tool. And you know, every time you're going to do that, just duplicate the template and then use that for that post. 
So you're not exactly. hiding anything. Because before I started doing that, I used to just like, oh, I forgot to schedule on social media because, you know, I did all these things for this post, but I'm not even promoting it because I, you know, it's a simple thing that just slipped my mind. But when you have that template and it's assigned, like every single task that you need to do is assigned to you, or, you know, if you have someone on your team, like a VA or something, you can outsource it to them. But make sure every single step is getting completed and it just kind of like holds you accountable for those things. Um, to get checks and balances. So if you, you know, if you do those things all the time, like when you're onboarding a new client, having that in your project management tool, like a template was like literally everything, single step. So send the invoice, send the contract, you know, all those different things. Um, just have that ready and available so that you're not just like, Hmm, what do I do next? You know, obviously most of the time you're going to know what to do next, but having it already there for you and just having to do get the template makes it so much easier. Like, yes. I'm literally over here just like nodding my head vigorously the entire time you were talking. Um, the other thing that I'd like to tell my clients is writing down your process is not only just important for you to know where everything is, but it's important if anything were to happen to you and you need someone to come help you run your business for a couple days or a couple weeks, they know the process and they can follow it. Yeah. Or when you're ready to start hiring, it makes onboarding employees so much faster because the process is there. You have to train them how to use the tool, mm -hmm. not how to do the thing. Yeah, exactly. Like the process is already set up. And you know, if you get to the point that you have, you're ready to hire someone and you don't even have those yet, then you have to take the time and create them. And then exactly. you know, it's just like, it's adds more work to your plate in the future. Like taking a few minutes to set it up from the get go is so crucial. And I always tell people this and they're really, a lot of the times people are like, I'm good. I'm good with pen and paper for now. I'm just like, maybe you are for now, but once you start getting lots of clients and it, you know, if you're a service-based business owner or, you know, you decide to do all these product launches, if you're product-based, like digital product-based, you know, you need some kind of tool to help you. Pen and paper is not going to cut it um, once you get to that level. So might as well start while you're, you know, still able to um, manage it instead of like, Oh, I have 10 clients now when we move and you're trying to manage all your client work plus this big project of moving and do a project management tool. So starting from the get go, if you can, please do like that is my biggest piece of advice. Cause I did not do that. And I try to move like, I think it was last year, I think about March of 2018, I started seriously using a project management tool and I already had lots of established clients at that point. So not the most fun task, but start now if you haven't. Absolutely. And for those of you that are still on pen and paper, it doesn't have to be like this huge shift. I always recommend that my clients, if they are really love pen and paper, go ahead and type it out in like a Google doc yeah. that you can print out every time. So at least you, you can still use a pen and paper, but you have the template for you created so that there's a little bit of both worlds right there until you are ready to fully commit to um, an online project management tool. Yeah, I like that. Or even something like Todoist or something because it's still like more like a checklist like a lot of people like, but it's online. So just exactly. kind, of, kind of working your way up if you're kind of – Yeah, <laughs> and I – like exactly and to be honest I am a pen and paper person like I love writing things down and so what I do is I keep everything inside Asana mm -hmm. but for my daily list so what I'm doing today I will take it out of Asana and write it down and add any of like the other things that I don't include in Asana like I need to go to the grocery store or 
do the dishes or whatever, um, add those to the list too so that it's right in front of me and I don't have to constantly be like flipping back to a tab on my computer. Yeah. And then I get the satisfaction of checking it off with a, a pin. <laughs> exactly. No, no, I used to do that too. Um, I still do for like personal tasks. I'll write them down, but my business tasks to clear it online, but that's just that's just how I am. But yeah, no, just kind of baby steps if you're feeling uncomfortable about it. But I really do think it's necessary, especially once you start growing and you have the moving parts of clients and stuff, it's going to be harder to manage just on pen and paper. Yes, absolutely. And it makes you look so much more professional to your clients. When you have a system, you can communicate that system with them and you can even share the system with them and share where you are in the process. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, so I work with a lot of designers, graphic designers. And so being able to share with their clients, this is where we are in the process. I just finished this draft. I just finished this sketch. Um, and they are confident sharing that information with their clients. It's just a huge game changer for them, a game changer for the clients. It allows them to charge more money and work at a higher level, which is what all of them want to be doing anyway. Of course. Yeah. Like it's just, it's so much easier than having your client be like, so where are we at? Cause they already know you're already communicating that to them within your project management tool. So exactly. Okay. So when it comes out down to burnout proofing our business, how do we effectively do that? Like what are some of the things that you would recommend to do to kind of get to that point? Yeah. So definitely all the things that I shared about saving time and stress, go do those things too. But whenever you are on the edge of burnout, the best thing you can do is take a step back because you are probably doing too much. You're probably doing the wrong things, things that you think you should be doing, but are not actually the things that are aligned with what you need to be doing for your business or what feels good for you. And so I always recommend taking that step back and going back to your mission, your vision, your why, your values. And if you don't have those written, now is the time to take a moment, actually more than a moment. They take a while to write, <laughs> but take some time and really hash out your mission, your vision, your values, and your why so that you have those tools to come back to. Because on those hard days, those days when literally you feel like you should just quit, knowing why you started your business and the legacy you want to leave behind, that can be the boost you need to continue going. It's also going to help you make decisions on where to go next in your business or whether you should take a client or not take a client, whether you should try releasing this product or that service or not. It's like they are just the most effective tools for making sure you are moving in the right direction all the time instead of just going this way and that way and trying this thing and that thing and just for the sake of trying them. You can try things. Absolutely. You definitely should try things. But I want you to try with purpose and with intention and going back to your mission and vision gives you that alignment so that you can make sure that those things that you're testing out, you have a purpose for them. They are going to help you move forward and they are aligned with whatever your end goal is for your business. Yeah, no, I love that tip. And I think it's really like, of course, you need to take a step back and I really like adding on like writing down like your mission and all those things and kind of re um re reiterating that with yourself because sometimes we kind of forget um another thing for me what i like to do is when i'm like oh i'm about to rip my hair out i'm so stressed out there are like thousands of things on my to-do list what i do is i just 
I look at it and say, okay, what can I take off my plate? And it's usually stuff that is non-revenue generating tasks, like things that, yeah, they need to get done, but they're not directly correlating to my income. So once I get rid of those things, it's like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, these tasks are time consuming, but at least I know that it is directly bringing me in money. And of course, it's not all about money, obviously, but it's just sometimes we put so much on our plate and not all of it is directly relevant to what we're doing right now or, you know, bringing us in the income that we need at this very moment. So it's okay to push things back if you need to. Like, don't be afraid to take things off your plate if you're not ready to pursue them or you don't have enough time at this point to, like, say you're releasing a new product. If you have so much on your plate already and you're trying to add more, your product may not even be that great because you are trying to do so many things at once that you don't put enough energy into your product. And then when you do release it, you don't feel great about it because you had a million other things on your plate. So just kind of wait till you have a little more time to actively pursue that instead of trying to do a million things at once. You will be so much happier in the long run if you do that. Exactly, exactly. And like going back to that example, if you're trying to launch something and you're already exhausted, you have zero energy to put into that launch. Yeah. So you're not going to be excited about it, no matter how excited you are about whatever that thing is that you're launching the actual launch itself is going to fall flat because you don't have any energy to put behind it. Your clients and potential clients are going to feel that yes. like, I mean, this sounds really awesome, but there's something off here. I'm <laughs> not going to buy. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to be feeling that energy because launching is very intensive and very draining. So you need to be on your A game for that because otherwise it's just going to fall flat and you're like, wow, I wasted 30 hours of my life and zero people purchased. So. Exactly. Exactly. And that's uh, not fun for anyone. Like no, that feeling, no. not a good feeling. Cause then you sit there and you're like, well, I'm not good enough. You have all these really bad thoughts and it's just really hard. So just like wait until you're in a better place. Like, cause it, in the long run, you'll end up making more of an impact that way. You'll get more people into your course or more people buying your product or whatever it is than you would if you were trying to do 500 things at once because, you know, something's going to slip through the cracks that way. Absolutely. So, um, the other thing that I would add on if you're feeling really burned out and just like overwhelmed in general is look at the thing, not just like look and see the things that you can delete, but look and see the things that you can change the deadline on. Yeah. Because a lot of them, we put deadlines on ourselves all the time. And if it's not a client facing thing, you probably can shift it yeah. and release that thing later. Yeah. I do this all the time with my podcast, which is probably not great. But if something is like, if I'm overwhelmed that week and I have a lot going on, like, let's say I have a lot of client meetings, um, I'll wait and release an episode on Wednesday instead of on Tuesday. Like it's yeah. okay. It's more important that you are taking care of yourself because if you are not taking care of yourself, you can't be there for your clients. You can't be there for your audience and no one is helped by that. Yeah, for sure. And like with things like podcasts is your voice. People can tell when you're tired. Same oh yeah. Stream. It's like this person looks exhausted and they're telling me how they're so productive and all this stuff. And it's just making me dread hearing them. So, you know, it's like, it's okay. Like those self-imposed deadlines, if it's self-imposed, you can move it. If it's for clients, obviously it's a little different, but your self-imposed deadlines, feel free to move them around because otherwise, you know, you're going to go crazy. Absolutely. 
Um, so what is your final number one tip for kind of creating a business that we absolutely love and doesn't burn us out? Cause I know i there have been points in my business where I'm like, I love what I'm doing, but man, am I tired, man, am I working so many hours? Like, you know, what are those things that we can do that just really, really, really helps us, um, eliminate those really stressful tasks that we don't love doing, but are necessary and, you know, really just help us create a business that we love and we're doing mostly only the tasks that we love. I think really the biggest tip is probably to make sure you are aligned with your mission and your vision every single day, making sure that you are serving the clients you want to serve. You're serving them in a way that feels good for you, feel is exactly what they need and is helping you further your greater mission in life. Um, so I love to tell people that your vision really should yes, pertain to your business, but also pertain to like your life goal too. What do you want to leave behind in this world? Um, and that's your vision. And so those are like the things that are going to get you out of bed every day. And if you're constantly reevaluating everything that you're putting on your plate, all the clients that you're taking in, all of the tasks that you're doing for your business and making sure that they are aligned with those things, you're going to feel very, um, you're going to feel energized by all of them. You're going to feel like they are the right things that you should be doing and you're not going to be as drained. Even when they are like the stupid, tedious tasks, like everyone has to do their financials and no one really loves to do that. No. But knowing that by doing that, you are honoring your business and you're creating that space for new clients to come in mm -hmm. and taking it from that perspective makes it seem less draining and less like, Oh my gosh, it's my finances. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and also just like if you have a client that is draining life out of you, even though, you know, they're, they're, you know, I I've had a, uh, in the past where I had a client that was paying me the most money I'd ever gotten paid from one client at a time. Of course I've suppressed that now, but they were so draining and so like not trusting of my expertise that every time I checked my email and I had an email from this person, I was like my day immediately turned to the turn for the worst. And you know, if you have clients like that, don't be afraid to let go of them. Like that will also help you love your business more because you know, those people like, well, yeah, they're giving you money. Like if they're not valuing you or your expertise, you're just going to be miserable all the time. Like I was literally so miserable with this person and she was a great person. Like I, like she seemed nice and all that stuff. But as someone in like that was investing in me, I just felt like she was just so draining to me that I didn't, my business stopped being fun for that time that we were working together. And I was like, I know I need to fix this. So, you know, even if you do have really high pay, paying client that, you know, in, that, you know, you need, it's so much like a whole weight was lifted on my shoulders. So I think that whole feeling of weightlessness after that is, was so much better than constantly waking up and dreading, Oh, what email am I going to receive from this person today? You know, we are our own business and we're, we're in business for ourselves for a reason. And I don't think that reason is to take on clients that 
drain us. So no, absolutely not. And I imagine that if you were to think back and really evaluate, you probably had clues even from your first conversation with that person. Oh yeah, for sure. This wasn't going to be a good fit. They weren't going to allow you to serve them the way that you wanted to serve them and be of service the way that you wanted to be of service. So yeah, there, and it was a referral for me and I just felt like, Oh, you know, I'll be letting this person down if I don't help who they referred because it's like, I really respected the person who referred them. But at the same time, it was like, she was already draining before she even signed the contract. So I don't really know what I was thinking. I think money talked to me a little too much. <laughs> and then I realized, no, 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 no. This is not worth the stress. I did not go into business for myself to work with people who don't respect me or my expertise. So yeah. Another tangent there, but so that can definitely make you not like your business. Absolutely. And I, like, if you are in that place, I want to encourage you, we all take on a client like that or two or three or five before we figure out (laughs) how to recognize them and how to get ourselves out of that situation. And it's okay to break up with your clients. Like it's all right. They deserve to have someone who can serve them exactly the way that they want to be served, which clearly that is not you at this point. So yeah. And it's it's okay. It's hard. Yeah. It's Honestly, it's probably just as stressful for them as it is for you. And to serve them the best, sometimes you have to let them go so they can go find someone else. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm not a confrontational person at all. So, like, client breakups are probably my least favorite thing. Like, I can can do sales, even though sales is hard for me, too, as an introvert. But, man, client breakups are really hard. But if if it's really weighing on you and it's really bringing you down, like, there's no reason not to do it. Like you said, you you know, you, they need to find someone who better serves them and you, you need to replace that with someone who better serves you. And it's just business. You can't take it too personally. Otherwise you're just going to be, you know, stuck with that client forever. (laughs) Absolutely. And one of the things that I find with, um, call them problem clients, but they oftentimes are overstepping boundaries. And if I have my boundaries really well defined in the contract, that gives me an easy legal way to let go of them. (laughs) Yeah. And so it takes the pressure off of me. I'm just like, you broke the rules. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> you signed the contract saying you were going to do this. You agreed to abide by these and you are not yeah. continually. So I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I think that's really important. And, you know, really being upfront with the client beforehand to like, here are my working hours, you know, here's when I'm available. Here's this, here's that. Just providing them with as much information up front so that you are like making sure that they don't break those boundaries. And at least if they do, you know that you clearly told them like, here's, here's my boundaries. So yeah, you feel comfortable. Like, Oh, I didn't tell them. So, you know, it's okay because I never communicated that. But as long as it's commu- clearly communicated to them, then, you know, that's not on you. Exactly. And I love to say communicate early and often, whatever those expectations are. So reiterating them every time you guys get together, like if you have a call coming up, reiterate what the boundaries are for the phone call or the meeting, reiterate when is appropriate to contact them after the meeting, um, all those things, just making sure that you're communicating those expectations and boundaries all the time because people don't like they'll read it, but they'll forget it immediately. And everyone has slightly different expectations. So making sure that you're communicating it frequently helps them remember it. Mm -hmm. And 
make sure that you remember it also. So you can be like, well, I just told you that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. For sure. Um, so now let's dive into the three questions I ask everyone who comes on the show. So what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? Essentially like your why? Yeah. So an entrepreneur is really, I think anyone that is running their own business, chasing some dream, but it has to be not just dreams, but also the action included with it. I can't, I don't believe that you can be an entrepreneur without taking action. And I think there are a lot of us out there that love to think that we're an entrepreneur, but we just have these big dreams and we're dreaming of all these things, but we aren't following it up with taking the action towards those things. So that's really what I think it means to be an entrepreneur is really just chasing some dreams on your own and adding in that action piece. Um, my favorite part is probably the ability to set my own schedule and be my own boss. It was, I've always struggled with like getting up early <laughs> and my entire life, like my golden hour, like when I am most productive is 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And I don't let myself work that late a lot of times just so I can have a normal adult life. But um, being able to allow myself to do that every once in a while and have the freedom to sleep in the next day has been just so amazing and not having to get up before the sun like yeah. it makes my me so happy to yeah. be able to wake up when the sun is up yeah I agree completely like I am not a morning person whatsoever so you know being I usually wake up at like 8 a.m every day which is kind of late but that's when I wake up <laughs> okay. okay I don't feel so bad then but no. So it's just like being able to set those things. Like I work later into the night. I don't advertise that to my clients, but I do my own stuff at night. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things that's like you get to set your own hours, everything. So why not take advantage of it? Like, you know, if you do like waking up at 5 a.m., continue to do that. But if you don't, you don't have to do that anymore. So don't like put pressure on yourself to do that if you don't enjoy it. Exactly. But those, like, if you are one of the people that likes to get up at 5am, you can get up and start working at 5am if you want to. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can stop at noon if you want to, cause you've already booked or worked a whole day at that yeah, point. Like, exactly. You don't have to wake up at 5am and work until 5pm. <laughs> exactly. Like it's just so much more flexible. And I think sometimes when we're first starting our businesses, we kind of forget that cause we're, we're so used to the nine to five growing. So we're like, Oh, I need to work in these hours. But like there will be days like usually on Fridays, that'll be my errand day and I'll go like do all these different things. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't really work a full day on Fridays and you know, that you get that flexibility when you are your own business. But a lot of people will kind of forget that because they're like, they, they're so used to um, how it used to be when they were in the corporate world, most people at least. So it's just kind of funny to kind of adjust your schedule that way. You're like, oh. yeah. And I like, that is honestly one of the biggest things that people struggle with is creating their own schedule and figuring out, okay, well, what do I do with my time? When do I go to work? And especially when you're starting out, you don't have a separate space yeah. for your office. So yeah. like, okay, how do I get back in like the work mindset? <laughs> and that's one of the things I help my clients with is actually creating that schedule and figuring out what are those routines to help you get into work mode, even if you don't have a separate space to go to. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot of self-discipline as well, because you don't have a boss like saying, Oh, you need to be here nine to five or eight to five or whatever. So mm -hmm. it's like, you do need to have that self-discipline or have someone help you 
form that. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting around watching Netflix. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I used to, when I first started, I would love to, because I didn't have an office, I would sit on the couch and work and turn Netflix on. And of course, you are not that productive when the TV is on. Yeah. Like, you like to think that you are, but really you're kind of half paying attention to the TV and half paying attention to work. So you only get like a quarter of the work done. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I still <laughs> am guilty of that, but I, I actually don't really pay attention to that. I basically only use it on because my dog likes noise. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So on the TV, I don't actually watch it. I just like the stomach couch, but my dog is like really into the noise. He doesn't like it when it's quiet. So. <laughs> That's so funny. I still do that in the evenings after I quit work. Cause now I have an office, which yeah. is amazing. I feel so blessed that I have a room that is my office now. Um, but yeah, no, in the evenings, I still like to go out to the couch and turn on the TV and I'll work. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I honestly, I have an office too, but it's just, it's more comfortable out there. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you just need a different change of, like, scenery. Yeah, yeah, I, like, record in here, and I do, like, certain things in here, but if it's just, like, simple tasks for my own business versus client work, I'm typically in, like, the living room, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? This is actually one of my favorite questions, because I'm, like, a tool junkie, but I'm always curious to hear what everyone else is I know. And I know you gave me this question ahead of time, but I have been racking my brain trying to figure out which one is my favorite. It's hard. Right? <laughs> it's so hard because I use so many. Um, oh man. I, I'm going to say Zapier because it makes all of them talk to each other and that helps a lot. So we're going to go with Zapier. Zapier is awesome because you know, it connects tools that don't normally integrate together because a lot of the, you know, a lot of the time there are tools that are like, oh, I really want this to talk to each other, but they don't have like a built-in integration. Yes. Zapier really helps with that. And it honestly, I actually said this on another uh, interview yesterday, but if, if it doesn't integrate with Zapier, you should probably not use it because it pretty much integrates with everything. So if it's not on Zapier, it's like, oh, that's probably really awesome. It's so true. <laughs> I, uh, I use Dubsado and they don't integrate with Zapier yet. I hope it's they, listed as a future thing. They do, they do, but it's like very basic. It's like stupid stuff. Cause I really, yeah. I wanted to like, I think I wanted to integrate it with FreshBooks because right now they don't integrate with FreshBooks. Yeah. Only QuickBooks and QuickBooks is like kind of used to me. <laughs> so Pretty much. That's how it is for most people. Unless you're an accountant. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, no, thank you. So I, I was like, maybe like, you can pull over clients and then have it like, you know, at least have yeah. the information populated in FreshBooks so I don't have to do this manually. But no, that's that's not a thing. The only thing you can do is like integrate with like Google Sheets or something. Else. Yeah. So actually I do have a zap set up for Dubsado to get all of my invoices out of Dubsado and add a new invoice inside my accounting software, which is zero. Oh yeah. See, they have they have one with zero to, or they're working on a zero integration, correct? Yeah. So I don't use, they haven't come out with it yet. And I don't know that I will use it right away. I'll wait until they work all the kinks out. But for right now, um, two, there's two triggers in Zapier for Debsado. One is when a contract gets paid. I mean, when a contract gets signed and when an invoice gets paid. And so I use when the invoice gets paid after it gets paid, it creates a new invoice in zero for me just for accounting purposes so that I can reconcile it. Well, I, I don't I use Dubsado for accounting. Do that, but they're, right now, that's not possible, but it's okay. I just do it manually. I don't send invoices via Dubsado just because 
um, I do it in FreshBooks. And then it also like ties into like my subcontractors hours and stuff, mm-hmm. projects and FreshBooks. So I, I do pretty much everything like that in FreshBooks, but I do like contracts and, you know, questionnaires and stuff like that in Auto. So it's not as automated as I would like it to be, but you know, it works. It'll get there. I'm sure. I, I, I just hope they integrate with FreshBooks soon. I'm like, in the next year, please. Um, <laughs> no, I, I hear you. Yeah. Um, okay. So lastly, who is your go-to business resource? Just the person that you always are consuming, you know, their content or you just feel really inspired by. Yeah. So this one also was really tough cause I love learning. Um, but I really think my go-to people or my business resource is my business besties because they're the people that really understand my business. They understand me. And especially when I'm having a hard time, they're the best people to help me kind of get out of that and remember that I am doing an awesome job, that I am exactly where I am supposed to be. And that I am working towards that goal and actually achieving that goal right now. Um, and so definitely, I think it's my business besties. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I mean, cause I, it's always nice to have someone like on a similar level to you because you feel like, you know, they can relate cause they're in the trenches with you versus someone who's like, way higher or way lower you know so it's always nice to have someone like that I feel the same way like my biz bestie and I talk every single day and it's just like I feel like she gets it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you know someone higher up they might understand they might have been there but they weren't there as recently as this person was so it's not as like beneficial I feel sometimes yeah yeah and I like I honestly I love consuming information I I'm a Fortimer educator and I seriously could probably have stayed in college for the rest of my life um, <laughs> just because I love learning so much. And so I do have a ton of people that I love to follow and feel inspired by, but those people rotate depending on what I need yeah, for sure. at the moment. But definitely like my, the resource that I always come back to, that's my business besties and my business coach, but mostly my business besties. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm the same way. I love to consume content and learn new stuff. And I actually had to put myself on like a course hiatus. <laughs> I did last year too. I did last, yeah, last year. Cause I was like, Oh gosh, I need to stop. Like literally I looked at all my expenses and like literally the, the biggest one was like course education. education. Yeah. I was like, wow, like I'm spending more on education than my contractors. Like this is interesting. <laughs> yep. That was me in 2017 also. So 2018, I was like, we are not buying any courses. We are not going to any conferences. We are, we're yeah. going to implement what we learned. Exactly. Cause you can get trapped in that phase of like consuming, but not implementing anything. Like I know I've been there before. I'm like, just constantly consuming content. I'm like, okay, now you should probably implement all that. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually, um, though one of, so with my membership site, one of the things that I include and with my Academy is actual time to implement. Yeah. It's been a game changer for them. They actually are like following along with the course. They're doing like all of them. They're doing all of the things, implementing it in their business. And it's just so fun to see the difference. Like when we take the time to actually implement what we've learned yeah how much of a difference it makes like all that education is actually important and it does actually work you just have to put it to work exactly yeah for sure and I think a lot of new business owners struggle with that um in particular just because they're like okay I need to do all things and then they get so paralyzed by it they're like 
okay, I have all these different conflicting information yeah. and, you know, it's just a mess. So yeah. And you don't have to do all the things like pick one and try it, see if it works. And if it doesn't, then try one of the other things that people said. Yeah. Sure. You don't have to like make it a thing. Like don't get paralyzed by it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Literally like close your eyes, swirl your hand around and drop it on the paper and do that one. <laughs> there are people who like never get started though, because they get paralyzed by it. Oh, I definitely was one of those people. And I remember and I've shared this on a couple other podcasts and I think on my, my story podcast. Um, and I early in my business, I was completely paralyzed. Like I had a thousand people telling me what to do, how to do it. Um, and one thing in particular I remember was like the posting three to four times on Instagram every day, which was a super popular thing in 2016 and 2017. Um, but I saw someone who did an energy healing session with me which was super foreign to me at the time. I got a free session for signing up for something else. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be one of the best therapy sessions I have ever been to. Um, But she finally was just like, Chelsea, like, you know exactly what you need to be doing. Like, you don't have to listen to these people. You are the expert. And she encouraged me to unsubscribe from a whole lot of email lists. And I did it. And it felt so good to let go of that and let go of people constantly yapping in my ear. Yeah. Yeah. Do this, do that. No, just like pick one, follow your own path. You know what feels good to you. Five times on Instagram a day doesn't feel good to you. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it really isn't that big a deal. Like, and a lot of the time it's people don't even see your post anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Well, tell us where we can find you. So your website, your social channels, even podcasts. Yeah. So you can find me pretty much everywhere at Chelsea B. Foster. So ChelseaBFoster.com. I am Chelsea B. Foster on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is the best way if you want to reach out to me. I pretty much live there all day long. I don't post all the time, but I'm on there like DMing people and chatting on um, posts. So definitely come find me there. I have a podcast called the Burnout Proof Your Biz podcast, and you can find it on pretty much every podcast app. Um, and then also at burnoutproofyourbiz.com. And then I also have a membership site called the Empowered Boss Lab, and you can join at theempoweredbosslab.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode dash 84. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Babes Community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.